Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show. And we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. This is a little bit out of our uh, uh, um, range. We usually don't talk about the NFL, but we do talk about larger, not the NFL football, but we do talk about larger sports um, issues that are taking place out there. Now, as you guys know, uh, Deion Sanders is a very, very outspoken former NFL uh, Hall of Famer, arguably, arguably the greatest player in NFL history and one of the greatest athletes to ever play in the NFL. I've seen a lot of Deion Sanders highlights. It's, it's, it's actually something unbelievable. And the way that he played, he made the entire game look easy. So Deion Sanders primetime is revered in his sport. And there's some people uh, that will say, um, you know, he's probably the best player to ever play in the NFL. Obviously, some people say Tom Brady, Montana, whoever. But ever since he's retired from the NFL, he decided to start coaching uh, collegially. Now, there was some drama surrounding Deion Sanders, and this happened a number of months ago. It had to do with his decision to leave an HBCU, and the big conversation was, should he have stayed at a, uh, excuse me, at a, at a, at a HBCU because he was there building a program? And at the time, uh, because he decided to go to Colorado, and at the time, the the issue was that you know Deion Sanders, he you know he he came to the program, he used the program. Just when they generated a buzz, he now took an offer from a bigger team, a bigger school, excuse me, that offered him, if I'm not mistaken, a twenty nine million dollar contract or something in that ballpark. Uh, to go coach their organization. And a lot of people were upset with him, right? Like, how could you leave an HBCU, blah, 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 blah. And it was a huge conversation in the media. We didn't really talk about it much, although some people from our channel wanted us to discuss it, but I wasn't following it too, too, too closely. So what happened? Recently, uh, the football team uh, that he coaches, uh, Colorado, recently had an upset win over TCU was a very very improbable victory that they had right and a lot of people to be to be to be frank with you were picking against Deion Sanders team to win that game and as a matter of fact his son is the quarterback of that team so what happened we all know who primetime is he's a outspoken uh, energetic person in your face i personally love it there's a video uh what is it is the um video when he's in a locker room with his players, this is as a head coach, and is with uh, YG, YG, the song from YG, and the song came on, and Deion Sanders hit this bop, and I was like, I was like, even, even the entire locker room was like, hey, you know, so it was pretty cool, so Deion Sanders has that energy, so what happened? 
After they won the game, he stepped to the lectern. And apparently what had been happening was there were various reporters and writers and journalists saying negative things about him and talking about his team, talking about how they didn't believe he was going to be able to pull it off. And it was just one big pony show. He's generating, generating a lot of interest, but they didn't really think the team was going to be able to make it. So they go out there and get this win, uh, this upset victory. And basically, uh, he started basically calling people out in the Deion Sanders way that he normally does. And he was like, yo, I saw what you said. I heard what you said. I heard just, how does it feel? Like he was basically calling people out. And it's something that I've seen other athletes do, to be quite honest with you. There was the famous one that I saw. I think it was in the world championships in 2015, uh, the sprinting world championships when Hussein Bolt, I think he won the semifinals, but he slipped or something like that. And somehow something like he made a mistake. And then he came back and won the championship. And the reporter that said Usain Bolt made a mistake or something like that. As the guy was talking, he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Weren't you the one talking about mistake? Which was hilarious, right? He remembered what the guy said. And he called he called him. It was just pretty, pretty funny the way he did it. So he called him out on it, right? So that's, so that's what happened. Then what happens after that? Jason Whitlock, who uh, is a... Fox News contributor from time to time. I've seen him on there. Uh, he used to work at ESPN. He used to work at FS1 on the show, which featured himself, um, Colin Coward at one point. But then ultimately, he went on to do his own thing with The Blaze, where he currently has his own show. And if you know anything about Jason Whitlock, uh, he's very, very outspoken. Very, very, very outspoken. And he goes at people. But it seems like in this particular instant, he may have gone too far by taking aim at uh, Deion Sanders. And we want to play some of the comments that he had to make about Deion Sanders, which was uh, which was very, very surprising, uh, to be quite honest with you, because they were, they, were, they were quite harsh. And I got a lot of things that I want to say about it. So what we want to do is want to play with Jason Whitlock had to say here about um, Deion Sanders, and then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that there. Does Deion Sanders believe in Deion Sanders? He's certainly not acting like a believer in himself, the Colorado Buffaloes, or the God he proclaims when he occasionally takes a break from self-promotion. Following Colorado's upset of 17th-ranked Texas Christian, primetime behaved like an insecure 29-year-old woman trying to convince herself that streaming reality TV shows, cooking shashuka, and getting drunk at a Beyonce concert beats marriage and kids. Yeah, I went there. Remember the woman? Let's play the clip. It's 10.45 a.m. on a Saturday. I'm 29 and single, and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought, I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night, and I didn't get home until 1 a.m. And I danced and drank my little heart out, and I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, which is probably why I I was in bed for so long and I was just scrolling on my phone and I saw a picture of Shakshuka and I thought, you know what sounds really good? 
maybe I'm gonna learn how to make shakshuka today. Cause I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run. I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand, but the effortlessness and ease of my life, just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I wanna make or the Beyonce concert I wanna go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life. Yeah, uh, Dion, that's who you sounded like. The woman that's been beefing with Matt Walsh all weekend, that TikToker lying to herself, that's how Dion sounded. On the heels of his 45-42 victory, Primetime walked into his press conference crowing about the receipts he kept on his critics and immediately transitioned into bragging about his son, Shadur, Colorado starting quarterback. The self-idolatry, hubris, and LeVar Ball impersonation were just the warm-up. It didn't take long for the first-year Colorado head coach to channel his inner Al Sharpton. Take a listen. We're gonna, we're gonna continuously be questioned because we do things that have never been done. That's the way our life has presented themselves. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do because I'm here and ain't going nowhere. And I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. Deion Sanders is actually insanely insecure. He camouflages his self-doubt with gold chains, bluster, and bullying. He's 56 and insists that people refer to him as Prime, a secular materialistic character he, he created as a child at Florida State. The lack of evolution and maturity are stunning. What's equally shocking is how many people play along with his cosplay. Most of the media celebrated Sanders' post-game annex. White reporters fear being labeled racist. Black reporters fear being labeled sellouts. The ex-jocks with a platform all want to be Dion and fear jeopardizing their invitation to speak to the Colorado football team. Dion ruined a fun, feel-good sports story. He needlessly racialized a game and demonized individuals who meant him no harm. I've tried my best to support Deion Sanders. I can't do it anymore. I spent the last six or seven years hoping Deion's proclaimed Christian faith would begin manifesting itself in his public behavior. I'm the same age as Deion. I've been every bit as worldly, insecure, and foolish as Sanders. But you live long enough and you begin to figure out that God's ways are superior to man's. Dion hasn't surrendered to that fact yet. It's disappointing. But he's rarely confronted with any hard truth. He loves the lies and dopamine of social media. It's where he hunts for recruits and develops his worldview. Twitter has convinced Sanders that white football fans and coaches feel threatened by his skin color and ascension to head coach at a power five school. It's as if he's unaware that he replaced a black head coach at Colorado and that black players dominate most locker rooms. So you heard uh, what Jason Whitlock um, had to say. Now, before I even get to his comments, I want to quickly read from a Yahoo Sports article 
an article that's kind of related to his comments. An article starts up with the headline, Colorado's upset win over TCU in Deion Sanders' first game with the Buffs draws over 7 million viewers. The Buffalo's 45-42 upset in Deion Sanders' first game as coach, as Colorado's coach, scored over 2.5 more a million more viewers than any other Saturday game, according to Sports Media Watch. An average of 7.26 million people tuned in to Fox to see the Buffaloes beat the last season's beat last season's runner-up. Colorado entered the game as a three-touchdown underdog, but its win was no fluke. QB Scherter Sanders, the son of head coach, set a Colorado record with 510 yards passing and four different players had over 100 yards receiving. Fox is banking on Sanders and Colorado's uh, drawing another big audience in week two. The Buffaloes play again on the network at noon Eastern 10 a.m. local and home against Nebraska in week two. The second most watched game on that day came in in the afternoon as 4.65 million also watched Ohio State's methodical 23-3 win over Indi uh, over Indiana. So that's what that article had to say there. And of course, as I mentioned before, Deion Sanders is has a five-year contract paying him $29.5 million uh, with Colorado, according to MSN. Why am I bringing this up? The reason I'm bringing this up is because I think all of this is playing into the criticism that he received. Let me get to what Jason Whitlock had to say there. This is the first show I believe we're ever producing centered on anything uh, that Jason, William, uh, Jason Whitlock has ever said. Here are my initial thoughts. As I was listening to him talk about Deion Sanders, I was saying to myself... Why are you going this far? Why are you going this far? Why are you saying these things? Why are you comparing him to that lady on TikTok? Why are you talking about his religious, his behavior that is not religious enough? Calling the guy basically feminine for the way he brags and all of that stuff. Was all of that really, really necessary? A lot of that was a little bit too much. I think the line was crossed and he just, I mean, he basically ran through the tape, ran through the tape. And I couldn't understand why the, his comments were so vicious. It was like so vicious. The fact of the matter is this. We really wouldn't be talking about Deion Sanders. If number one, it wasn't him and number two, he wasn't experiencing success. Let's just be real. Had they got blown out? Yeah, we'll talk about them. What about a failure and all of that stuff? But really, the real conversation is around the fact that he won. And I know that Deion Sanders seems to be turning off a lot of people out there. Um, and to me, I don't know why, because sports is a place where people talk S-H-I, you know what. Where people flex, where people talk their talk. Deion Sanders isn't the first person that's done that. And number two, I don't think that he's doing something that is outside his character from when he was a former NFL player. I don't think he just turned into this other person. I don't think he's doing it for clicks and views. I think he's doing it because that's who he really is. He is an outspoken person. This talking is talk. 
And the issue is, or the question is rather, what is the issue that Jason Whitlock is having with him? That's number one. Number two, the religious thing. We're getting into some very murky, murky, murky grounds here. We're getting into some very, very, very murky grounds. No one likes a self-righteous person, especially knowing that. Let he without sin cast the first stone. If we're all sinners in one way or the other, how can you be reprimanding this guy because he's not acting as a quote unquote Christian in the way that the Bible said when you yourself have said that you're in, you're not infallible. Number one. Number two, who are you to be bringing up this guy's behavior in terms of how he behaves as a Christian? You're not his judge. Nor is anybody else. What, what's going on here? No one, uh, rather, Deion Sanders doesn't need to seek guidance or acceptance from any of these people because they're, they themselves are going to need guidance and acceptance from God. So why the hell would he need to get it from you? I just don't understand that part. Another thing I want to say, and it's something that I've noticed. I don't have any particular political um, affiliation. I wouldn't describe myself as a Republican. I wouldn't describe myself as a Democrat. I think there are things that both parties do that make sense. And I think there are things that both parties do that make no sense. There's certain things that they do that I agree with. And there's certain things I they do that I disagree with. There's certain things that various politicians from either party say that I like. And there are various things that various politicians from both sides parties say that I dislike. So I wouldn't consider myself this or that. I'm a person evaluating the information, making decisions based off of things and how they make sense to me. Now, I'm not saying this to say if you're a Democrat, you're a bad person or you're a good person. If you're a Republican, you're a bad or good person. That's not my job. I'm not here to judge you. It's not my job. I'm, it's not my job to judge people. There are people that do that. That's not my job. All I'm saying is this. I have noticed that the people that bemoan the fact that politics is always being brought up to brought into sports are the very same ones constantly bringing politics into this, uh, bringing politics into sport, Br looking at things from a political angle. Now, I think people would respect you more if you say, listen, I cover sports with this political lens. So therefore, we know what to expect. I think when people, I think where you lose people is where you say, no, 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 no. I'm not really talking politics here. I'm just telling you the truth when clearly you have a bias in whichever direction. In whichever direction. Jason Whitlock is clearly leaning towards the right. So to say anything otherwise is laughable. But beyond that, a lot of the things that he said about Deion Sanders, I believe were inappropriate because you're talking like as if you're his judge. You're not the man's judge. He's an adult just like you. He doesn't need to act the way you want him to act because he doesn't work for you. He doesn't need to behave as a Christian, the way you believe he needs to behave, whatever relationship he has with God, that's his relationship. It's not for you to criticize because when he's looking for redemption, he's not coming to you. So why are you commenting on it? As a Christian, I get sick of Christians that do this, going around persecuting people. Worry about your own business. Don't go run around persecuting people as if like you're the one sending them to hell or sending them to salvation. You're not. You're not. 
And ultimately, when God is making his decision, he's going to judge the heart. He's not judging them based off of what you think. I thought that was wrong. They'd be calling the guy, talking about he's a feminist. Come on, stop. That's too much. That's too much. That's too much. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. We got some pretty big, pretty big, interesting news. Um, we're going to be talking about Shannon Sharp. Now, you guys know when the news came out that Shannon Sharp was going to be going to ESPN first take. A lot of people like were excited, and I was one of those people. I was one of those people. Apart from Shannon Sharp's ridiculous LeBron James takes, I think he's one of the best t- people on tel- uh, p- uh, TV personalities talking sports on television. This is just my personal view. And as a matter of fact, right before he made his debut on ESPN first take during that, uh, what is it, the him and the St- Stephen A. Smith, Michael Jordan debate that they had on their club, Shay Shay, I wished him a tremendous amount of success. And during his first show debut, I thought he did a great job. Now, there were some people out there that try to distill the entire two-hour show down to him calling St- Stephen A. Smith a skip twice. Of Stephen A. Yo, first of all, Stephen A. Smith coming out there with that Stephen A. Smith bat, uh, sticker is hilarious, bro. That joint, yo, that had me cracking when he put the Stephen A. sticker. Oh, this jacket. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's pretty, pretty funny, right? But some people try to distill his entire day, his entire debut down to just, oh, he called the guy Skip. Yes, he called him Skip. Was it funny? Yes. But come on, let's not act like as if that was the entire show. Like the guy did more than just call uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, Skip. Come on, let's cut it out. But prior to him going there, when we knew that he was going to go there, a lot of people were speculating. And I got to give Two Raw for TV his credit. He said, Uh, He was one of the first people I heard say he wouldn't be shocked that if their first show generates over a million viewers, that's what he said. He would not be shocked. And if you go back and look at the podcast that they produced of him and Stephen A. Smith, that podcast in about two or three days got 1.8 million views. So you already knew that there was a tremendous amount of interest in seeing both Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp on television. And when he made his debut on TV, I thought he did a good job. I thought he did a fantastic job. And we actually want to play some of what he had to say just to show you guys how he be, how he performed uh, on, 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 on ESPN for the first day. But before we get into that, this video is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. If you're like me or anybody that works at Dreamers Pro, chances are you're a very, very busy person, especially during the lunchtime when you don't have time to go to the grocery store, pick out fresh ingredients, and come back home and cook healthy, delicious meals. Sometimes we're so busy that you just end up finding yourself making a ham sandwich or something like that, which isn't really ideal. And this is the reason why we are excited to be partnering with Factor Meals. Factor Meals is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. You can choose from up to 35 gourmet meals. Every meal is packed with premium ingredients crafted by Factor Meals team of culinary experts and designed by dietitians to ensure that every meal is packed with premium science-backed nutritional quality. Your meals are delivered directly to your door and all you need to do is heat them up in just under two minutes, then they are ready for you to eat 
and enjoy. So for example, this week, I think I'm gonna go with the Italian herb chicken. What I love is that under every single meal, you can see if it's a calorie conscious option. For example, this meal I just chose is a dietitian approved calorie smart meal, which is around 550 calories or less per serving, and also a protein plus meal with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So if you wanna give it a try, click the link in the description below or head over to factormeals.com slash dreamers50 and use code dreamers50 to get 50% off. And remember, when you try Factor Meals by using the link in the description below, remember that you're supporting this channel. Thank you. So what we wanna do is wanna play exactly what Shannon Sharp had to say on his debut, and then we're gonna come back and get into the meat and potatoes of this show here. Take a listen to that. Stephen A, what are y'all throwing purpose at first date? To do whatever you tell me to, Drill Sergeant? That's a brilliant idea. You must be a damn genius. You must have an IQ of 160. Now get the first take. I run this show. I don't care what Drill Sergeant is. You heard me? First take's in the hands. It's a new day, baby. <laughs> Look who is here. Three-time Super Bowl champ. Hall of Famer, Shannon Sharp, Club Shay Shay in the building. Let me get my mask. It is our honor to have you, Shannon. Appreciate the love. No doubt. Appreciate the love. Thanks for welcoming me aboard. Molly, thank you for welcoming me aboard also. I love it. Coming in and said hello. Dressed for the occasion. I did. Great, ready to go. I almost didn't wear a tie today, but I figured Stephen A was going to wear a tie, so I said, you know what? I can't just let him out. Just show me up on it. Well, actually, he already starting off on the wrong foot because, ladies and gentlemen, he came in here and when he saw how fly I was looking this okay, morning. Relax. He said, damn. Yeah, I, I got to wear this tie. Yeah, I did. I did. He looked good. He looked good, doesn't he, Molly? He, he looked good. Suit. I gave him his credit. I gave yeah. him his credit. He knew what today was. Mm -hmm. But this is my only concern. Yes. Okay, so we only have an hour. Yes. Okay. So I just want you to mentally prepare yourselves. Today's like a warm-up. An hour? Because I'm a little worried about dealing Maybe with that. the two of you. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a lot for me. It is. But I'm up for the challenge. It is. Okay. All right. I'm going to help him out today, so I'm going to be, I'm going to give. Oh, you're going to help him out? I'm going to give. I'm going to help him out today. Two hours of tomorrow. It's only an hour today to two hours of tomorrow. So we're going to get a little bit of Shannon Sharp today, but you better be ready. I don't need much time to go ahead and do the damage I'm going to do today. Shannon, is KC on upset alert if they don't get Jones back? Yes, because if you think about it, the Lions were picked to win that division, Skip. This, uh, skip so I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Stephen it's all right. A. Yeah. They were picked to win the division since the first time since it realigned in 2002. Cool. So we're talking over two decades. They're picked to win that division. We know what they represent offensively. Mm -hmm. With Jerry Goff and the cast of receivers that he has, they took a, a running back in the first round. Mm -hmm. They traded for another. Uh, signed another one in free agency. Cool. So they're going to be offensively, they're explosive. Chris Jones is one of the five best defensive players in all of football. Mm -hmm. He was the number one graded defensive interior lineman all of last year. Finished third in the defensive player of the year rating. He's the one guy that you don't have to do anything special for, and he can go get your quarterback. Now, they, the big dip, defensive uh, uh, acquisition that they made, he suspended the first six games. Mm -hmm. So now, your two best defensive players, the two guys you're counting on to go get the quarterback on the ground, won't be there. And we know that's what got them in trouble over the previous years when they didn't get to the Super Bowl, was the ability to get to the opposing team's quarterback. Mm -hmm. So now, without Chris Jones, you got to pay him. If you want any hope, any chance of repeating, mm -hmm. Chris Jones has to be on this roster at some point in time. And you can't let it get eight games into the season because he's going to show up because he wants to get a cre get credited for a season. Yeah. So he has to play at least eight right. games. So he's going to come eventually, but you don't want to give these games away. 
the AFC is a lot better. Mm -hmm. Cincinnati is going to be better because they got an offensive line, an offensive line now that I believe can protect Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. Hey, Buffalo says, you know what? Last year was a little slip up for a hiccup for us. Right. We'll be better. Right. I like what the Chargers have done in, in uh, uh, L.A. with Herbert and those receivers. Mm -hmm. So they can ill afford to let this thing drag out. Right. You're going to have to pay him. Right. Patrick Mahomes took that bargain contract mm -hmm. just so you can have guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and you can pay those guys. Mm -hmm. Pay Chris Jones his money. He said, I don't know what he's asking for. Right. But, but you're going to have to pay him somewhere in excess of probably $25, $28 million. I don't know if the Aaron Donald contract is possible. That's a whoo, that's an outlier of a contract. But he's going to have to get close to Aaron Donald because he's that good of a player. 15 and a half sacks, and you take that out of the lineup, like I said, Stephen A., he's the only guy on that defensive line you don't have to do anything special for. You don't have to stunt. You don't have to twist. You don't have to call all diagram pressure. Chris, go get the quarterback, and he can go do it. So you heard uh, what Shannon Sharp had to say there, right? It was pretty interesting. He had a nice flow with Stephen A. Smith. There's some great chemistry bet uh, between them. So what happened? This morning, I was doing some research, and I came across an article from thespun.com that released some information about Shannon Sharp's first week ratings, uh, for the ratings of uh first of, uh, of his first of his debut on ESPN. Uh, first take and they were absolutely staggering let me get into what the article said here it says tv viewership numbers for shannon sharp's first take debut emerge on monday hall of fame tight end shannon sharp made his debut on espn's first take that episode turned out to be a massive hit with the general public according to front office sports this monday episode of first take averaged seven hundred and fifty four thousand viewers that made it the second most watched episode uh, of the year for espn's debate show espn's ratings for sharp debut episode on first take trumped fs1's undisputed which had two hundred and fifteen thousand viewers that day Clearly, sports fans were eager to see how Sharp would interact with Stephen A. Smith, especially after spending seven years debating Skip uh, Bayless. Uh, the tweet says, M Michael McCarthy, news, Shannon Sharp's debut with Stephen A. Smith on First Take Monday averaged a whopping 754,000 viewers. That made it the most watched episode of the year besides February 13th, day after Super Bowl. Now, Pat McAfee will join Shannon Sharp uh, join Sharp Smith every Tuesday. ESPN TV ratings for First Take could receive another boost fairly soon. Pat McAfee is expected to join Smith and Sharp every Tuesday on First Take per the report for uh, Front Office Sports. An article goes on to say a few other things there. This is huge news. This is huge news for, two, for a few reasons. Number one, it shows that Shannon Sharp has a lot of pull. Has a lot of pull. What do I mean? On average, um, ESPN first take averages around 300 to 400,000 daily viewers on their show. So for you to see a 300,000 view bump, that has to be attributed to Shannon Sharp because he's the only new variable that's been added into the equation. Which shows you that Shannon Sharp actually has a lot of value. But there's something also quite interesting. And we're going to get to this a little bit later. It shows you what a change of venue can do for a person. 
Because it's the same Shannon Sharp that was an undisputed that was getting beaten every single day by ESPN first take. You then move the guy to another network. It's a different scenario. And all of a sudden you have this interest has been generated. To me, here's what I think is going to happen. Number one, I think Shannon Sharp's podcast is going to benefit greatly from this because given the visibility, it's only going to help. Number two, I think ESPN first take is going to continue to soar. I think the addition of Pat McAfee, he also brings in his entire audience and to see these three personalities on the same show, it looks like ESPN is making all of the the right moves strategically in terms of this particular show. I don't think there's any question right now that this is probably the biggest show that the network has to offer its viewers. And I think that if they keep this up, I think they're going to continue to make things very interesting. I'll say this quickly. Based on Undisputed and ESPN First Take, I've been enjoying ESPN First Take more, even though predominantly both shows have been have been, have been centered on uh, the NFL. I'm still enjoying, uh, enjoying what I'm seeing from ESPN First Take. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. What we're currently witnessing in the sports world, in terms of sports media, is essentially the battle between Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. This is essentially what we're what we're looking at. Who's going to be the top dog in the morning for, for the morning sports shows? As you guys know, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless used to be partners. It was actually original Skip Bayless, originally Skip Bayless, who was on Cold Pizza. And he started bringing in Stephen A. Smith. Then they rebranded the show around 2010, 11 or something like that to ESPN First Take. And then that they ran that, that show ran its course all the way till 2016 or, or 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 15 or 16 or something like that. And then he ultimately moved on to FS1. Stephen A. Smith then started working with Max Kellerman. They took it to that. And then ultimately what Stephen A. Smith decided to do was then kind of go back to this uh, rotating cast of, of personalities, something pretty much what Skip Bayless was doing at the beginning. Right before he was brought into the fold, Skip ultimately then moved over to FS1, where he had a show with Shannon Sharp, and then we all know what happened. Their show ended. I mean, the two of them ended back in June, a day after. No, the, the very next day. Yeah, the day after uh, the NBA Finals had concluded. Well, since that point, there have been numerous supports circulating around Skip Bayless. One of them had to do with the fact that there were reports saying that a lot of people were not interested, and there's difficult. Uh, they were finding it difficult to find people to work with Skip Bayless because a lot of people weren't interested uh, in working with him on television. There was that. There were some reports saying that some executives were not happy uh, with some of the decisions that Skip Bayless was making in terms of the people he was looking to hire to bring on the show. There were some people saying that. And then towards the, the, the beginning of the NFL season, we then started to hear the names of people that were going to be working with him. We heard Keyshawn Johnson. We heard Richard Sherman. We heard uh, Michael Irvin. We heard Rachel Nichols. We heard so many different people, right? And it started to create a lot of energy. So what happened? Skip's show came out the first week or so, and it had some mixed reviews. And some people were saying that, listen, this show is actually turning out to be a failure. So what happened? Uh, I was doing some research and I came across an article this morning from front office sports, which is, which, which, which is essentially saying that the new undisputed closed the gap with first take in the premiere week. So let me just get into this article here. Starts off with the headline, new undisputed closed gap with first take in premiere week. 
continues on. Skip Bayless revamped Undisputed Live on FS1 started to close the rating gap against Stephen A. Smith's rival first take on ESPN at the end of its premiere week. On Thursday, Bayless's weekday Embrace Debate show averaged 91,000 viewers versus Smith's 336,000 according to sources. But on Friday, with NFL insider Josina Anderson making her debut, Undisputed pulled in 126,000 viewers versus 307,000 for first take, the second biggest TV audience for Bayless since he returned from a month hi- two-month hiatus on August 8th with a new cast including Michael Irvin, Keyshawn Johnson, and Richard Sherman. The rebooted show show's Monday premiere drew 131,000 viewers to 448,000 first take uh, for first take. By Wednesday, plunged to 78,000 versus 423,000. That Wednesday number was also impossible to believe, warned one source. That's <laughs> that's former fan actively choosing former fans actively choosing not to watch. Friday's audience uh, was still below the 154,000 viewers that undisputed Skip and Shannon averaged during the former co-host Sharp's final episode on June. And first take continues to average nearly three times the audience of Undisputed Not Live. It's difficult to draw conclusions from one week week of ratings, especially since the new NFL season season won't kick off until Thursday night. Part of the reason for the 71-year-old Skip Bayless 9 TV Lives is his support for the Dallas Cowboys. The first win or loss by America's team could drive Undisputed Live viewership into the uh, 200,000-plus. And then the article goes on to say a few things. So, what are my thoughts about this? Well, to me, it shows that Skip Bayless and these guys are not giving up, that they're still interested in fighting, and they have no choice to fight because they just made a huge investment in all of this front-facing uh, talent. Here are my thoughts about the show, and I'm just going to be honest with you. If you have to, if you ask me to choose between Keyshawn Johnson and Shannon Sharp. I think Keyshawn is the more objective person, but I think Shannon Sharp might be more entertaining. Richard Sherman, I expected more given the history that him and Skip Bayless have. But then again, they're discussing football. I've heard some of his basketball takes. I'm not really a fan of them. Um, I like Rachel Nichols on this show, but overall, I enjoy the segments of ESPN First Take more than I do the segments of um, Undisputed Live. And by the way, I liked ESPN First Take more even when Undisputed had Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless because I thought a lot of their topics, if I'm being totally frank with you, were very, very stale. They would talk about the same things every day. It was either Tom Brady, the Dallas Cowboys, LeBron James, the Lakers, and then they'll sprinkle in a few other topics there. And I understand they're talking about these teams and these people because it's a big markets. I totally understand that. But after a while, it gets boring. ESPN First Take, I think they did a much better job with innovating in terms of their topic items that they would discuss on a daily basis. But hey. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.